One is my instinct and intuition. What is my gut telling me? And I've learned over the years to really listen to that. Trust the feel, trust what you're taking in, right? Two, validating that across what I've learned in my past, learning from mistakes, right? Taking principles and le lessons that I've learned from the past. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Sharon Hackman. Sharon is the CEO and founder and chef at Chef Hacks. Welcome to My Company Story, Sharon. Thank you, thanks for having me, Doug. Uh, let me just mention a little bit what this company is. Uh, it's a chef-centered, clean, organic food brand company. And I'd like to say a little bit first before I hand the mic over to uh, Sharon, but the he, man behind the scene, he stepped into the culinary scene when he earned a spot on Fox's hit show, Master Chef. While on that show, he crafted a barbecue sauce, which TV's toughest food critics, including Chef Gordon Ramsay, coined the perfect barbecue sauce. Sharon knew that it was time to share it with the world, and he did. So with that kind of setup, let me have you tell in your own words, what happened there? I mean, did you, were you a chef before that? You came on the show and it took off, or tell us about that. Yeah. It took me it it took me down the dark and bright roller coaster ride and path of entrepreneurship. That's what it did. <laughs> um, in my life previous to food, I was a VP of finance over at a at a company called Wells Fargo. Maybe some of you may know. I used right. to manage money. I was in wealth management. Um, was good at what I did, and I started from a, from a very young age. And a lot of people who followed me know this story. So I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't truly my passion. Food. Food is just fun. Food is cool. I mean, food is what brings people together. It's what opens people up. And what I mean by that is, think about it. Every, every joyous occasion, every moment of, of sort of um, grounding with those that you love, friends, family, is generally around a table with food, isn't it? Yes, it is. Right? Yeah. And, I, and that's, that just to me, was just, it's infatu it infatuated me. It excited me. And I was incredibly good at it. And I never went to school for it never trained. I was just very talented. You know, some guys can get on a guitar and just jam it out and it makes sense. Well, give me a knife, give me some fire, give me some ingredients. That makes sense to me. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So let me get this right. You were, you yeah. were working in financial uh, as a wealth manager for Wells Fargo, yeah. hand, you know, raising people's portfolios, buying and yeah. selling equities, doing that kind of stuff. But on mm -hmm. the side, all along, you had a passion for cooking and you went home, you cooked up things like that. And so yeah. what what was the leap or when did you move from, was it the show uh, that you, that changed your life and how did you get on that or what happened there? Well, so I, uh, you know, 08, 09, I, you know, market took the big crash that it took, right? And all that craziness happened. And I just, I couldn't do what I did. I, you know, I, I truly enjoyed the idea of looking at my clients or people that I work with and feeling just very confident and and honest with myself and honest with them about our direction, what we were doing. And I just couldn't do that. Right. It just, something happened there. And clearly, you know why, right. And, um, food to me is like, you can't BS food. You can't lie. If it's good, it's good. Right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And, and again, I go to the farmer's markets. I'd come home, I cook, people would love the food that I was making. And, um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always had that sort of internal fire and that burn, and some of it got satisfied in, in the in the finance space, but not all of it. It's like I want to just figure this out. I want to do something I'm truly passionate about. Food was something that I was very passionate about, and I wanted to just go immerse myself in a world 
uh, in new worlds where I can figure out where that is and what that means and what, you know, I had no idea, right? I had no clue. I was just very, I'm going to jump in, right? So, you, so did you make a hard stop and say one day you walk in and say, sorry, Wells Fargo, I'm out of here. And then you just kind of went, went home or, or, or went yeah. to the commercial kitchen or what happened there? So, so I had a notepad, very similar to this. This is, I live by these, right? And right, right, above, right above my desk, I've got four banker's boxes full of these okay. that I've had over the past 15 years, right? And I just jot down notes and I had tons of business plans and business ideas that I developed and came up with over the course of the time that I was in finance. Interestingly enough, 80 or 90% of them were all food related. Okay. Right. And so I, my son was born. Um, you don't know the story. A lot of people do, but my son was born 2010, four days later, I left my job. I had this. Wow. Wow. What a gutsy move. Very gutsy. And I look but back a supportive at it, wife, I would say also. Incredible. My yeah. wife's the best. She's yeah. always been supportive and she's been by my side. And I, we had the conversation. She's like, don't worry, you'll figure it out. And I mean, I did. And you did. So, yep. So, so tell, tell us how you figured it out. I mean, tell us how you went from that. I mean, you wrote a lot of notes. You had a bunch of ideas going right. forward like that. Your son's born two days later. You quit your job. What do you do? So here's what I did. I had these business plans. I started kind of putting pen to pencil um, and, and started drafting them and elaborating, both fleshing them out, right? Getting a little bit more detail about it and figuring that whole thing out. And I did. And I had about five different ideas, right? That I was like, okay, this, this, that, right? And a friend of mine who was a producer told me about a show called MasterChef. And I'm born and raised in LA. I never wanted to be in television and do television. Um, and uh, she told me about it. Uh, my wife's like, go for it. And I did. So next thing I'm on the show, I'm MasterChef. I'm, How can you get on the show? You're not even a, you're, you're, you're not even a, you're not working. I mean, that's amazing that, that you must have qualified or you must have loved your personality. Yeah, they had or- multiple rounds of auditions that I went through and, and essentially, um, you know, I mean, the show is centered about around amateur chefs, right? Okay. And they would take amateur chefs and then essentially turn you into this master chef. Got it. So you're and, an amateur chef and, and you were, right. and you turned into a master chef then. And, and I walked away from that show knowing, yes, I love food. I love television. Um, and I started saying, all right, I'm all in. So I went all in into television. Into, well, I went all into food and television was a part of that. I had probably five or six different businesses that were all food related. I started a catering business. Um, I started multiple businesses in the, food, in the food space just to say, all right, what is it that excites me? What do I want to do? Like I'm fresh in this and it's time to learn. Right. And over the course of the past 10 years, this is just about 10 years ago, that's what it's been. It's just been this unbelievable, an unbelievable roller coaster ride of growth and lessons and pain um, and so much, right? That so many entrepreneurs say of just trying to figure out and learn as you go. I, had, I really had no mentor, nobody with a, with a strong CPG or food related background that sort of took me under his or her wing to say, here's how you do it. Right. I've made tremendous mistakes. You figure it out as you go, don't you? I mean, yeah. and it's and a lot of entrepreneurs I have in this show and those that I know, they do what you've done and they start off and they, they go in different directions. I mean, like you said, five different companies you're starting like that. Did you find that in doing that, you, you learned that some were going to succeed, some were going to fail, you kind of shifted, you dropped some, you brought others on along more. Or how did you, how did that look when you first started off doing all sorts of, Think kind of scatter shot, and then you focused in. Is that what happened there? That's a killer question, Don. And I'll give you my honest answer. Um, my wiring and my personality type, I'm gung ho all the way. And so I wish I had more of the idea of, hey, let me see what's going on. I'm going to throw a line here. I'm going to throw a line there, and just kind of step back and see what bites. 
I'm the guy that was jumping in each one of the lakes, like swimming effortlessly to see what he can catch. Right. Like I was just going full steam ahead and wherever, you know, wherever the tide took me or wherever the wind was behind my back, it kind of pushed me forward until either one opportunity, I just went flat, you know, face down and kept going on the other one. It wasn't as strategic if I look back as I would have liked it to be. It wasn't okay. very much like, hey, let me make a plan. Let me look at this. It was just like, I'm in. I'm in it to win it. I'm all in. Let's go. All of these things. And, and that's it. We'll so tell it. us, what does the company look like today? I mean, what, what is your organization? How, how, how large is it? Where are you? Who are you serving? Tell, us, tell the audience a bit about uh, what it looks like right now. Sure. So my company, Chef Hacks, it's... it's um, it's a pun off my last name, right? My nickname's, my last name's Hackman, high school basketball. I was always called Hack, not because I hack people. It's just my nickname. And when I was on MasterChef, I made my barbecue sauce, right? And then um, um, I loved making sauces. And my buddies always called it Hack's barbecue sauce. Gordon was like, Sharon, this sauce is incredible. And went down on that yellow notepad of another business idea. I was at the grocery store and I was like, okay, well, there's not a lot of really cool elevated barbecue sauces. Again, no background or understanding in CPG or what it took. I found a local facility, made my sauce, and started going to door-to-door selling barbecue sauces. Got in one store, another store, another store, and that's sort of been the plan. Um, fast forward into where we're at now. Uh, we're nationally distributed. Um, we've evolved. I, lo- you know, I love to use that word because we've evolved from just a company known as just making sauces to a company that does sauces dressings, um, prepared foods, meals. Um, we are one of a, a few amount of small companies that have our products in at least three to four places around a grocery store. Wow. So yeah. you're not just in one aisle of the store. You're in many right. aisles and all under the same brand, right. but uh, different products within there. And, and that's, I think, especially in the times of COVID and where we're at now, um, it's really lent itself well because our focus is 100% and always around making chef-crafted foods. So these are all my recipes. All the R&Ds run directly through me. So I oversee that. It's not outsourced. This is something that's true. And it's my passion, right? It's something that I enjoy. So I'm very connected with that. Right. The second thing is the sourcing. All the ingredients that we source, that I, I'm involved in that process. And everything's mindfully sourced, ethically sourced. Um, locally sourced when possible. So every ingredient that goes into a product that make that I make, I R and D, and I'm behind the scenes talking to the, either the farmers or suppliers and vendors as to the quality um, and the caliber of the products that we're going to put in that product. That's fantastic. How many how many products do you have out there right now? How many are in the store? Well, in stores we probably have we're living in four different probably about twenty five to thirty SKUs. And in, in Southern California, where would you find your, those, those brands? Where would you find your food in, in these we stores? Primar- we primarily play, as I just mentioned, you know, we're a natural, healthy, organic company. So we primarily play in the natural specialty stores. So if you're here in Southern California, Whole Foods would be a great example. We're, we, Whole Foods is a great partner of ours, and I'm really grateful to the partnership. We have very common and similar you know, goals in the line. Like they have a, a, a caliber of products at you know minimum threshold like it can't be this it can't be that it has to be that we've we're the same way so whole foods has been a great partner here in orange county we work with mothers there's gelson's bristol farms lazy acres um 
Vaughn's Pavilions is more of a conventional, but they they've done a great job of starting to carry organic stuff. So most grocery stores down here in Southern California. That's fantastic. Find our products, yeah. So let me ask you now. You mentioned COVID before, and the challenges that every business owner has had to face with that. I mean, they're just sure. tremendous. And I imagine if you serve into the restaurant industry, that's taken a huge hit. But tell us a little bit what's happened with this, and how. What are some of the challenges that you've had to face with this new world we're in right now? Oh, I can't, I mean, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, I love innovating, right? And innovation is great. And I think every company, um, I find inspiration from, from a tree. I know this is simple, but I, I really do. It's like either a tree grows or it dies. Like it doesn't just stay, right? It that's does right. one of those two. Yeah. So it's a good I, analogy I find, for life. Yeah. And I, that's it. You're either growing or you're dying. So you got to make that choice. And so we made the choice to grow. I, I built um, a, a quick, you know, uh, background on why that happened is I built this incredible program for Whole Foods and a couple other retailers um, at the salad bars. Um, we built these unbelievable, I wonder if I have, well, we're, we're, on, we're not on video, but these beautiful salad dressing bottles that are all at Whole Foods salad bars and they're sustainable, reusable bottles. We were eliminating over 100,000 plastic bottles a month of waste on with this. Wow. With that's this incredible. It was you incredible. Work, you work with Whole Foods to, to come up with this, this product then that they use not just for your sauce, but any, right. anything that they want in there, right? No, no, no. It was for our dressings. Oh, just for your dressing. For okay. Dressing, yeah. So okay. we had a whole line of 12 organic salad dressings that they would be able to use in plastic bags that were, um, that were made out of recycled, recycled material, right? And we're eliminating, again, 100,000 plastic bottles a month. And there were a lot of other efficiencies behind the sustainability program behind it. And these cool canteens would hold it. Um, and our pro forma, the response that customers had, the success that it had, we piloted here in Southern California. It quickly spread like wildfire. And by the beginning, by basically the beginning of this year, we were across the entire West Coast of Whole Foods. Wow, with congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. And we had, I mean... Now, putting on the CEO hat and strategically speaking, the numbers that we had um, forecasted and the growth that we had um, and the momentum that we had was tremendous. It was, I mean, we were, we, were, we were tracking great growth. And then COVID hits and they shut down all the salad bars. Wow, Overnight, that's right. Right? Yep. All those salad bars were shut down. And so what became a huge part of our business and revenue stream, and we had a lot of momentum with my board and everyone, we had the strategy. It all went from going 100 miles an hour to basically stop. zero stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I had a choice. I could either grow or die, right? I could sit there and stand up and feel bad for myself, or we can find other ways to win. And, you know, that's where innovation is key. Put our heads down and start coming up with ideas, looking at trends, looking at what customers are looking for. And, you know, my little secret to where I think people are in, in the world of food is, is I'll use the term semi-homemade. I think right now people are not looking for the easy grab and go stuff because people aren't grabbing and going anywhere right now. Right. That's right. They're all at and home. Then, yeah. Right. And I think that the, the, the time of hoarding and buying 50 pound bags of beans is probably behind us as well. Right. That right? And toilet paper. I think we've got that enough of that paper, right now. I think everyone's kind of like calmed down. We're from set. That. <laughs> so, so where I think the sweet spot for us and what I've been focusing a lot of my attention to is semi homemade again, chef inspired chef crafted product. It's clean can I make your life a little easier in the kitchen at home, right? You're at home, you're cooking, but maybe you don't want to make it completely from scratch. So you want to semi-home make it, right? So That's is that, is that, diff is that a different uh, a direction than, than you were taking prior to March of uh, 2020? I mean, is, there, is that a shift then? And, 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 oh, yeah. 
Have you put oh, new yeah. products into the stores since that period of time? Oh yeah, so 100%. I mean, uh, one of our core focuses in, in strategic planning in 18 and 19 that was building and the momentum was going in that direction was all about single serve, convenience, you know, can you make it easy, right? So think of like Costco, instead of buying a big bag of potato chips, you're buying a big bag of potato chips that has 20 small bags of potato chips in there because right. you're on the go and you want the convenience, right? right. That, was the, that was the shift. That was the direction that we were going in. That was the strategy. And now I'm seeing a lot of that changing because people don't need that right now, right? So people are going back to that big 20-pound bag of the whole potato chip thing, right? Because it's obviously cost-effective. So we're going back and sort of finding that middle ground. Like, we, you know, it's not going to go either this way and we don't think it's going to go that way especially for our customer base, which is more of a healthy-minded millennial consumer, right? So we're, we're, again, the mindset's very much along the lines of semi-homemade. Interesting. So semi-homemade is what you've, you've identified as the, as the winning trend to, to deal with during this pandemic. Let me ask you, where do you see it going when this is over? And hopefully it'll be over, you know, within a year, who knows when, but let's just assume it'll be over in 2021 sometime. Do you see that uh, that product sustaining and still being there? Or do you see it changing? If you had a crystal ball, what would you think would be looking, things would be looking like in your ball. space? If I had a crystal ball. If we all had one. <laughs> if I had a crystal ball, my man. Um, you know, listen, brother, I, I, yeah, I'd, be, I'd, be, um, I'd be lying to you if I told you I know exactly what it is. I think at this time, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to sniff out what's ahead two to three months out. Right. Because I really don't know what six, you know, a year or two years looks like. Right. I have two boys. School's not happening. School's not happening in LA. Is that going to change? If nothing changes, I don't see myself letting my kids go back to school in January, you know, if things don't change for the better. Right. And the way trends are here, especially in the US, like I don't see much changing. So I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Um, yeah. But I think if, you're right. We can only yeah. look out maybe a week or two or months at a time. We really can't go much farther than that with yeah. so much uncertainty going on yeah. right now. I agree. I, I think there's two things that I'm going to. Um, and I guess this is the best advice that I can give, right? If, it, if it's advice worth giving. It's just advice. It's free. You don't have to take it. But I think there's two things that I'm leaning on. One is my instinct and intuition, right? What is my gut telling me? And I've learned over the years to really listen to that. Trust the feel. Trust what you're taking in, right? And then two validating that across what I've learned in my past, learning from my mistakes, right? Taking principles and le lessons that I've learned from the past, new systems that I've developed based on that and litmus testing it against that, right? Yeah. And, and if I can do those two things and I can come out ahead with somewhat of a positive outlook on, on that sort of gut check SWOT analysis, if you will, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. That's great. So we, have, we, have, we have some great products that are coming out to the market. We've innovated, we've launched, I mean, just over the course of the past couple months, we have, if I would have looked at my budget in January versus what my budget looks like now and the new products, completely different. Really? We've got a whole lineup of side dishes and new meals that are launching in Costco and other places that was not in the budget, was not in the pipeline, and um, just came from nowhere just based on where we saw trends and, and demand. And we've got four items going into Costco just this season alone into Q3 and Q4. Wow, that's fantastic. So let me ask you, if you if you were giving advice and you are giving advice to the other entrepreneurs or business owners or CEOs who are running companies like yours, same size, same idea like that, um, is that the advice that you would pass on or is there any other message that you'd want to pass on to someone in any industry, no matter what it is? Sure. Uh, 
I would say this from, you know, specifically speaking to COVID, this has taught me uh, an unbelievable lesson. Um, and I think this is especially in the times of COVID, right? But also in past and looking into the future, wherever you go, um, you know, I feel like we're all on this roller coaster ride. So different founders, entrepreneurs, we all have our own stories. We have our, we all have our own troubles and and challenges and our wins and successes, right? Some get there faster. Who knows why, right? Like it's just we're all on our journey, and I feel like we're all on this journey. We're all in our little roller coaster to take us on that journey, right? And you've all been on roller coaster rides. You've been to Disneyland or wherever that is, right? You're sitting in the front of that roller coaster, and this is your journey. And I feel like we have two choices. One, I could be the guy that's going to white knuckle the rail, clench my jaw and teeth, and hold on for dear life to make it through that roller coaster ride, right? And just hold on tight and be like, okay, okay, you know? Or I can just throw up my hands in the air and enjoy the ride. And have fun. And, and it sounds fun. like that's what you're doing right now is enjoying the ride. I'm trying. I'm trying. You are trying. I find myself, <laughs> I find myself definitely at times. Don't, I'm, I'm, I'd be lying to everyone if I said that I wasn't. I, there's definitely days and moments where I find myself like holding on to that rail and clenching my teeth because it just happens. But if I'm aware of it and if you're aware of it, remind yourself and check yourself and say, ah, do I really want to do that? You have a choice. That choice is up to you and you can make the choice to let that go, right? That's great. That's your choice. Yep. That's perfect. That's great. Well, let's, let's end the show on that. But before we end though, if anyone want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, I'll give my cell phone number. Okay. That's <laughs> it, a bold uh, move. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best way to get hold of me is you can email me or uh, find us online. I mean, hacks.com is my company website haks.com or on my own site sharonhackman.com it's just my first name last name right there's contact us or my feel free to drop me an email it's sharon at hacks.com and if i'm walking into gelson's uh, this afternoon or walking down whole foods i'm looking down an aisle i go down to the barbecue sauce what am i looking for when i'm there you're going to look for some cool bright packaging one of the only organic barbecue sauces on the shelf over there um, and hopefully you're going to buy a case or two and take them home. <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Or in the deli department, our meals are there or our dressings are over there in the produce department as well. So, I mean, like I said, I'm really grateful, uh, to be one of the few companies that, that could really play in multiple categories in the grocery store. And that's, I think that's what's allowed us to, to stay nimble through this time is really yep. to that's fantastic. Great advice. Thank you very much. I'm getting hungry right now just listening to you. So I'm going to have to end the show and go to lunch. <laughs> Great Don, talking to you. Your time. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week. So please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at burge.com. Thanks for listening.